Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Kaidan Kai, where we read a story about the supernatural every week. I'm your host, Linda Gould, and I'm so happy to present something a little different this week. We have a guest reader, Jeanette Schaefer, for Ron Ricky's story, Boa Janasti. Why a guest reader? Because Boa Janasti is a story from the Sami culture, and it's full of words that I just didn't have the confidence to take on. Jeanette Schaefer makes it look easy. A father and his children worry about an evil and powerful witch showing up at their house. They do what they can to ward off any danger. But is it enough? I looked up some of the entities mentioned in Ricky's story, and I'll tell you what I learned in the outro, so please be sure to listen. Ron Ricky is an established author. His books include My Ancestors Are Reindeer Herders and I Am Melting in Extinction. See his full bio and list of books in the episode description. Jeanette Schaefer is a writer-photographer, classically trained singer, and an award-winning poet. She is artistic director for the beautiful Cadaver Project Pittsburgh. See her full bio in the episode description. Here is Boa Janasti by Ron Ricky, read by Jeanette Schaefer. Enjoy! When Arnie, the neighbor's boy, went missing, my daughter Brooklyn casually mentioned Voiro, and I told her never casually mention Voiro. In fact, I told her to never mention Voiro at all. Her reply was to ask me if Voiro only eats boys. I told her that no, Voiro eats anything alive. Would she eat a steak? No but she would eat a cow. Would she eat a dead child? I told her not to say things like that, and then I told her that no, Voiro does not eat dead children, only living children. Then I'd kill myself before she ate me. Outside the window, a tree in the front yard looked in on us. My daughter saw what I was looking at. That tree wasn't here before, she said. Yes, it was, I think, I said. No, she said, and I heard the front door slam. I watched my daughter walk up to the tree. I let her. It was just a tree. Or maybe not. Voiro isn't a witch. 
Vuaro would eat witches. Vuaro is one of the great Sami ghosts. I am Sami. My daughter is Sami. We are Laplanders, but we never use the word Lapland. That horrible word translates as the land of idiots. It is a colonizer word, a word of humiliation, the way that language tries to suck on your blood unless you reclaim the word. Sami is the Sami word for Sami. It is our word. And we have our ghost. We have our stories. But for us, our stories are real. This is Kajani in Kainu territory. I have a secret for you. People go north thinking the aurora borealis is better up there, but it actually weakens the further north you go. The reason my people have lived here since before Columbus is because with the northern lights, this is the most beautiful place in the world. My ex-wife is Anishabi. She told me that the Anishabi call those lights the northern ghost. Our most beautiful moment, actually, the world's most beautiful moment, is when the sky is filled with ghost, or what looks like ghost. And this was last night, and one of those ghosts came down and took Arnie. He would not take my daughter or my son. They would put up too much of a fight. I know, I experience that wonderful fight daily. My son Rob is addicted to the couch. He could sleep through Armageddon. In fact, all of the rumbling would just lullaby him to sleep. He'd count locust like sheep and drift off into one of his beautiful nightmares. He is the only boy I know who has a nightmare and wakes me up in the middle of the night to tell me it wasn't scary enough. In the dark, the moonlight failing to do any good at seeing his face clearly, he'd say, the snakes of my dreams are too lethargic. Did you just use the word lethargic? Isn't that right? I mean, lazy, like the snakes didn't even come after me or anything. I told him to go to sleep. He did. I look at him on the couch. Voiro, if she comes tonight, I'm assuming we'll mistake him for dead. He'd be safe. It's my little girl I worry about. And at that thought, I heard her outside, screaming at the tree. From the window, I watched her having a deep conversation with the branches. I assumed she was warning it. Maybe not. Who knows with her? She stormed back into the house, announcing that Voiro's coming tonight. Don't say that. Get ready. Her bedroom door would have slammed, but she didn't have a bedroom door. I'd taken it off. She broken the thing so many times that I figured it was better for her to slam air. I told her she still had a door, but it was now invisible. I told her I thought she'd prefer an invisible door to a visible door. She thought about that and agreed. Later that night, while eating supper, Brooklyn cleared her throat and said, Mr. Thomas told me that when people burn to death, they smell like pork. Who's Mr. Thomas? The paramedic. What paramedic? The one who came to the neighbors last night. A paramedic came to the neighbors last night? Don't you have eyes? You are two seconds away from being sent to your room. 
I took a bite of roast and told Rob to wake up while he was eating. I am awake. Then open your eyes. When we're awake, we keep our eyes open. It's a thing humans do. Rob opened his eyes and tried to keep them open without blinking. I could tell it hurt him. I put my fork down and waited to see how long he could go. He went long. I imagined him becoming a Navy SEAL one day, except Navy SEALs have to wake up at 3 a.m. I imagined him being a SEAL one day, a mammal suntanning its stomach on a lagoon rock, having its 12th straight hour of daydreaming. What are you thinking about, asked Brooklyn. I went to pour myself some milk, but my glass was already full. Are we going to be eaten tonight, she asked. No, I said, and poured more gravy instead. We have to all keep water in our bedrooms tonight. We know. I had told them already. Voiro can't enter a room if it contains water. My daughter, before she had asked me how much water exactly, I didn't know. I just know that all smart Sami keep water in their bedroom. Otherwise, Voiro can enter. And all doors are invisible to Voiro. All walls, too. She can walk through anything, except bodies. Those she can eat. But she can't stay long enough to eat anyone if there's water. I'd seen the ambulance next door. I knew there was a paramedic. I wondered what the neighbor's bedroom looked like. To eat an entire child, I imagined, would not be clean and clear and easy. I imagined the red. I imagined every shade of red. Tuscan and electric crimson and rose and rust and oxblood and red violet all over that boy's bedroom. In Sami stories, there is a lot of cannibalism. Because of our stalo, our cannibalistic giants of the wild, and because of our starved ghost, they all seem so hungry, so eager for the flesh of those who still feel cold. I imagined the millions of ghosts of the world all brutally craving cold. In the Sami language, there are more than 100 ways to say snow. We actually have a word for the ghost of the snow, those ghosts who are seen in blizzards, in storms, their body almost snowblind. I can't say the word. You're not supposed to say the word. Voiro, my daughter says, and twirls her spoon in her potatoes. That night, I ensure and re-ensure that my daughter and son have more than one cup of water in their rooms. I only had one thermos, so I saved it for my daughter, who would be much more likely to knock a cup over. I didn't want the water to be absorbed or evaporated or in any way not be there. I wanted water to claim the room. I even hid a couple of glasses in the back of each of their closets. Brooklyn asked if it would be smarter if we all just drank a bunch of water before going to sleep, but I didn't want her getting up in the middle of the night and wandering the house. I told her to stay in her room for the night. She said she wanted to stay in my room. I tried to ensure her that Voiro is a myth, folklore. Brooklyn looked down at the floor, the cups of water at her feet by her bed. I thought all we need is one, she said. I'm being safe. 
I went to bed. I couldn't sleep. I listened to the house, its thirst. I drifted off. Night happens. It gets into your skin. The dark lulls. The yell woke me up. I believe it was the word dad. Or maybe dead. I sat up. I heard it again. It was dad. I turned on the light and picked up a cup of water, holding it before me like a lantern. I turned on the hallway light. In a row in front of Brooklyn's bedroom stood all of the cups, the thermos on its side, empty. Next to the thermos stood Rob. She should show you what she done. Who should? Voiro? Or you mean Brooklyn? Both, said Rob. Brooklyn stepped out of the shadows of her room. Where's her water? She took it out. Why? She did something bad. What? Brooklyn came to the edge of her bedroom, standing before her door, a step outside of the hallway. Explain yourself, I yelled at my daughter. She can't, said Rob. She can't? She can't speak. I imagined Voiro eating throat. I looked to see if her neck was only blood, but she looked the same. Maybe her cheeks were a little swollen. Put the water back in your room, I said. Brooklyn shook her head no. I stepped forward with the cup, about to go into her room, but Rob grabbed me. He looked to his sister. She ate Voiro. She what? Voiro is in her stomach, he said. Quit playing games and get to sleep. I picked up the thermos. I saw a spider inside and dropped the bottle. It clattered on the floor and rolled to Brooklyn's feet. The spider crawled out. Rob stared at his sister, ignoring the spider. Show him, Rob said. Enough, I said. Should she have not eaten Voiro? No, I said. I told you so, Rob said. Say something, I say to my silent daughter. Brooklyn opened her mouth and kept opening it and kept opening as a fingernail emerged and another and a hand and another hand and a half-human, half-reindeer head that seemed to gasp for air and then the skeleton that is Voiro's body, its feet hooves stamping on my daughter's tongue and then leaping into the room, hovering there, mid-air, then swinging around and exploding through a wall so that my daughter stood alone on an empty stomach. She walked by me to the front room, turning on all of the lights, and then, before going outside, she turned on the porch light. On the steps, she took my hands and put them on her shoulders. The tree, she said, gone. It was. The absence was calming. You could see the sky, the third quarter moon, and clearly visible the North Star. We believe that the North Star is the top point of the pole that holds up the world. If the North Star should slip, the entirety of our world would plummet into oblivion. My daughter stood still, staring up at it, her posture of iron and steel. I can't express enough how much I loved that story. First, 
maybe because it's so different than the typical monsters and ghosts that are featured on the Kaidankai. But the story had such interesting moments. Did you just use the word lethargic? (laughs) That was so funny to me because I say that sometimes to my own children when they surprise me with their vocabulary. And I laughed out loud at the door being taken off its hinges so that Brooklyn could slam an invisible door. But also the weirdness between the characters, the certainty and courage of the daughter contrasted with the anxiety and fear of the father. And the ending just blew me away. Ricky's ability to show the strength of Brooklyn, her sassiness and control before she takes control, was such a great example of how to do characterization. So, just a little information that I found on chowquist.com. That's a website that lists the Sami deities and their significance to the culture. Boa Janasti, the title of this story, is the North Star around which the pole of the world turns. Ritual acts of sacrifice and other libations of attentive consciousness keep this pillar of the world from falling and plunging everything into senseless unconsciousness. Mvaro is a night-wandering female spirit who eats sleeping people in rooms that contain no water. She's listed with Lilith and the succubus. When I saw who those deities were, the story was that much more impressive. Of course the tree just showed up. It's not part of the pole, so it's definitely a challenge for them to deal with. And of course, someone had to take control when danger came. They couldn't just leave it up to chance if the water worked or not. So next week's story is what you would get if you mixed the movie's deliverance and Mississippi burning and the quirkiness of this particular author. Trust me, you don't want to miss this one. Please consider donating to the Kaidan Kai. Donate $25 or more and I'll dedicate an episode to you. Donate $50 or more and you get a Kaidan Kai logo t-shirt. The donation links are in the podcast and episode descriptions. As always, please review the podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, and YouTube. All the information is in the podcast and episode descriptions. Thank you so much for listening today. See you next week.